Hi, I'm Andras Jones, and I have a quick heads up for you. We're going to be recording the last episode of our second season with cast members and the creator of the AMC show Lodge 49 on July 24th. And that episode will begin on August 1st, which means that we will be going just a few days without an episode between the end of this one and that one as we edit our season finale and get it ready for you. In the meantime, if you're missing the musical divination, I encourage you to find a way to randomize some music and create your own musical synchronicity. And of course, if you have an Android phone and you can download our Radio 8 Ball app, you can do it that way. Anyway, we'll be back on August 1st with eight more musical divinations delving into the magic and the mystery of Lodge 49. If you haven't watched it already, check it out, because it's great. And now, back to Zach. This is Zach Schaefer, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8-Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, in the studio, attempting fate. Burning questions to the songs of which we'll randomly Select here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for And now it's time for Radio 8 Ball Radio 8 Ball Radio 8 Ball Show Radio the Radio 8 Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and for seven, count them, seven musical divinations, we have been hanging out here in Zach's Song Shack. We didn't have, we even even named Zach's Song Shack in the middle of this session. It started out as just an undisclosed location in Highland Park, then it became Zach's Studio, and I was corrected that it's Zach's Song Shack. Just tell the truth. So, Zach. Yes, How you feeling? I feel... These are... I feel great. Now that we're done, we're getting close to being I done. I don't. I pauses in front of a movie. No one has to show up. Abby's at something. I have made it through seven songs without that many mistakes. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Your songs, I love them. Thanks. Now, I, I don't. I don't know if this is you, this. You'll take how you'll take this, but you, as a singer, you know who you remind me of. No, T- Charlie Day. That's insane. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> T-Bone Burnett. Yeah. Never heard him. You've never heard of him? No, I've heard of him. I've never heard him. you never heard his solo stuff? No. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, it was good. It's a good thing. It's a, uh, if that I've never heard it? No, it's his stuff <laughs> is good, and it's a good thing to sound like. Yeah. T- I mean, I think it's a good thing to sound I, like. I like him. I mean, he's made, he's made some good records. Has he made any, what records has he made that I'd really like? Because King of America. That's produced, a good one. Produced King of America. He's made and, some records I don't like, though. No offense, T-Bone. I know you're super cool. Like, which ones don't you like? 
Um, I'm not going to say. Why not? Because uh, I don't feel like shit talking. It's not shit talking. It's because it's just cause it's, you, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. I'm just curious. It's about more about your aesthetic. Well, I tend not to like music where the singer is not holding a guitar. Generally, is, I'm trying to think of who because I'm trying to I'm racking my mind. I think of mostly he of him working with songwriter types, and then the film stuff that he's done, which is all guitar type people. Like, has he done any stuff with just singer singers? No, this was a band that has a singer singer, which I'm not going to say because I don't I don't feel like talking shit. Okay, 1990. Okay, I am early 90s. Um, but it's sort of that's sort of apropos of nothing. No, no, no. And feel it's, free it's, to cut it's, it it's out. A, no, but this is, you did this with Garden State, and then that was really useful. That's true. So, okay. No, I don't want to talk shit. It's um, not talking shit. You just you don't like that one record. That's I don't fine. like the I don't like the Counting Crows, and he made the Counting Crows record. Oh, didn't okay. He? I don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe he didn't. Anyhow, you know, I <laughs> kind of they're, they're whatever. I don't. I'm, I'm ambivalent. It's about no. I'm saying like generally, if if the guitar player, if the singer does not have a guitar, I'm I'm immediately or a piano. A piano is fine. If the singer is not playing an instrument, and this isn't like, this is just sort of, if you do the math and you open up the books, like what bands do I like, which bands do I don't, usually it's let, the band, I don't even know if this is true, maybe it's true. The music I like tends to be led by people who write the songs by themselves. Yeah. So, or maybe in a partnership, but just a traditional song. So a band like R.E.M., Never really made any sense to me. Like that, what Michael Stipe does, and God bless him, and he's super nice. That just, that kind of thing, him and Morrissey and those guys, that thing they're doing was always like, I, there's something, I'm not, I'm not the dude for this stuff. But what guy like, you know, whatever, Elvis Costello, Tom Petty, these guys who like, they sit at home with a guitar and they write it and then they get a band to play it. That always just seems to be the shit I like, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Is there, is there, is there an exception that. Oh, always, always. David Bowie is a singer. But he writes the songs. Okay. He doesn't, David Bowie doesn't say, if someone doesn't come in and say, hey, I got this riff, why don't you do something on top of it? David Bowie sits down with the guitar or the piano and writes the song. That tends to be the stuff I like. Like the Zeppelin way of writing, as I call it, is not usually the stuff that I resonate with, where the band has this thing and then the singer has to caterwaul something on top of it. That's just never really been, been my vibe. and. You know, whatever. I love Zeppelin as much as the next guy, but I'm always kind of like... Who is the next guy? Is it like... Are you standing next to Jack Black or are you standing next to... <laughs> you <laughs> like know, when you, when I, people dude say with like really, as much as the next guy. I got with a shitty know the mustache and long hair in the parking lot of like a, an enormous <laughs> dome in the Midwest in 1978. Got it. Next to that guy. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so well... Um, Cool. Well, I, we got, it's nice to have a little digression into your musical aesthetic. We've been given a lot of attention to these other people and your yeah, connection to them, and I hope we get a little <laughs> triptych through your musical life through them. But well, you did say I sound like such yeah. and such, yeah, and it's T-Bone, like, well, you did, yeah, you know, your voice. I, you, it reminds me of T-Bone Burnett. I always, think, I tend to think that people, people are more likely to sound like someone they don't listen to than someone they do because you try and a, like if you if you sound if you know if I know I'm sounding I love Elvis Costello I can totally go there sometimes I will and I'll choose it but usually I try and avoid it because it's so there I spent years sounding exactly like Sting and it was partly because I have a wicked high voice mm-hmm. and I can do it in fact every time I go to the kibitz they always make me do the police because the there's not many guys who can get up that high and 
but none. I don't think any of the stuff you've done tonight. No, today and sounds... that was a conscious choice to get away from that. I remember. It's a long road from Sting to T Bone Burnett. It is, and yeah, I think it passes through Tom Petty because that was kind of like because he and I, I have a similar voice to him. But I was like, okay, let me grab. It was actually it was Weezer. I remember listening to Weezer and being like, I gotta get some of that. I gotta get some like whatever like Sting. I was so warped by Sting and McCartney, who both have this, like, mm-hmm. thing as singers where they're just, like, these F fucking acrobats out yeah. there. You know what I mean? Just these effortless acrobats. And I always wanted to be that. You know, I just wanted a... And then after a while, you're like, you know, every time you do that, you sound just like Sting. You're like, fuck, okay. I'm just going to leave checked out at the door and right, and start... What else, what's left? Okay. And then you listen to, you get into other singers and you're like, oh, listen how he can be so effective and not doing that, you know? And mm-hmm. so you start, you start bringing that in. The whole process of writing over the last however many years has been like just le- checking more and more stuff at the door, you know? And like, what's left when you're not doing any affectation? What's left when you have, like I was talking about doing a three chord song, you know, it's like, you, you like stop stop with the pet sounds stop with the passing tones and the diminished chords and the inversions like can you write a three chord song you know and like any you know so that was that's just sort of the whole where it's been it's interesting because we're going to get to your to your question we're going to unveil your question and get do oh, yeah. have your musical divination but it's interesting because what you describe is as this this real period this uh you're going through this these phases of subtraction. So you take away your natural voice. You stop singing personal songs. You put the diary songs mm-hmm. away. You are musically clever. You're saying, I'm going to try and write a, a four-chord song. This is one of my strengths. I'm going to get rid of that one. Here's another strength. I'm going to get... It's sort of peeling away the layers to try and get to whatever, whatever's underneath there. Yeah. So is that, and do you feel like that's where you are as an artist in this next, this batch of songs and the, whatever this no. next record is going to be is like that? No. Um, I like, I'm really happy with, I, it's taken me a long time to get this thing done and I'm almost done. Um, I actually recorded it all. I started years ago. I started like four years ago, I think, four or five years ago with Fernando, who did the first record. Fernando Perdomo. Fernando did the last record, Yeah. And it, the last record took me about six years of fits and starts, and I did it in a week. Just because Fern was so great in terms of, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, perfect. And then thanks to digital technology, you can get it pretty darn close and just fix any little bits. Yeah. And you can really work quickly. People don't talk enough about, we talk about, oh, you know, tape sounds better. But the freedom that digital gives you is really great because yeah. you just you rip one take you got one little fix you can do it and yeah. you know not like I'm going to quantize all my drum shit right. I'm not going to do that but so the digital thing really allowed me to to get to I mean literally I did an album by myself in a week where I played every note and mixed it in a week so it was like a kind of an amazing for me thing and then I tried to start about a year after that and it just it just wasn't happening, you know. And then I recorded the whole thing, and it just didn't have whatever the magic. We were talking about magic. Yeah, it was too much of like me in the studio and the sort of back to what Tim was saying, the sort of controlled environment. And I was I consciously said I want I got to get a band, I got to get a band and press record and and 
live and keep those results and keep those things that I wouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it was just like, oh my God, I found this I like, you know, no click track, just press record and let these great musicians play. And so that's that's been this record now, which is almost done. And I'm what really happy. The Sweet. answer Sweet. to your question is going to be, it's going to be, sorry that I fell. Sorry that you fell. Yeah. And that is going to be the answer to your question. If, do you, so uh, before we unveil your question, do you feel like that's a... I don't know. You I'm gonna, have I'm no gonna have to, I'm gonna, I Honestly, in the, in the spirit of the podcast, I'm going to have to play it. Yeah. And see if it makes any sense okay, well, at all. I hope I have a good question. Uh, paper fetishists, gather around the, your headphones or your speakers. and. What is the music for this one? Hold on a second. There's, there's no music for this. Okay. Hold on a second. I just got to... Really, this is the music. Okay. That's the sound of a very are there, are there thick, actu- yeah. thick question. Are there actual paper pa- fetishists? Yeah. I think Probably. I've I think I've made myself into a little bit of a I gotta say, this is not the sexiest piece of paper. I'm sorry. It's fine. I mean it's I like the hold the, the hold on it, but it doesn't have the same like Yeah, I like no, it's, a nice car, it's, it's cards. You gotta be into card stocks. So yeah, that's some, some people that's, that's their some thing. people's kink. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So what what is uh what's would you mind reading your question for us? Will I ever learn? Will I ever learn? <laughs> I'm sorry that you fell. <laughs> oh, I gotta play it? Yeah. When you're free, mystery can compete with what's the truth of us. When you're up and you're winning, you're never coming down. So you think till the drink spills and now you gotta clean it up. What was there in the air comes crashing to the ground. Stay behind me Don't come after me And I'm sorry that you fell Sorry that it's hell Sorry that you fell for me Sorry that you fell Sorry that it's hell Sorry that you fell for me Catacombs in your home And tomorrow you'll be on your own What you thought was perfection wasn't really meant to be I saw it all in your eyes We aligned and you and I were one Now you're out, there's no doubt that it wasn't up to me Change your number, hit the road Hide yourself away Sorry that you fell, sorry that it's hell, sorry that you fell for me, sorry that you fell, sorry that it's hell, sorry that you fell for me, and someone's yelling out a warning sign. Your number, 
Hide yourself away And I'm sorry that you fell Sorry that it's hell Sorry that you fell for me Sorry that you fell Sorry that it's hell Sorry that you fell for me Sorry that you fell Sorry that it's hell Sorry that you fell for me You That was my favorite song you've played today. Wow. I love that one. I mean, I like them all, but that was Sorry That You Fell mm-hmm. and beautiful song. I don't know exactly. I'm so curious to know how you think about that as the answer to your question. Will I ever learn? I have Well, it has a, actually a lyric about learning in there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go first or want me to go first? No, no. I want you to. Okay. Yeah. Usually I talk about what the song was, right? Well, now you get to sort of do both. You get oh. to do double duty um, here. I, I wrote, that was actually written, we were on vacation, and uh, it was me and my wife, my stepdaughter, my mother-in-law, and we were in like some weird place in Arizona, some like weird timeshare, and they first they were just busy, and I got all this time just to sort of sit around, and I wrote a few songs on that trip, which was great, and that one just kind of, I liked I think there was, there's, you know, Todd Rungan wrote all these tunes about this one girl, right? Yeah. And I think Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day has written a lot of was songs. It, was it all big? Was it, what's the woman, the one who went, went out with Elvis Costello? No, no, no this is like she broke his heart like in high school and all oh. of his songs were based on this. And I had like one really horrible breakup that I think there's still like, and I would talk about personal songs, listen to the album, Maybe It's Me, and it's, <laughs> it's nothing but, but that, so I think like some distance from it. I was able to sort of have like sort of a more lighthearted approach to it, to, to processing that stuff, you know, and I was still looking to write songs, but I always, I like the double entendre of, I'm sorry that you fell for me. Yeah. Cause like I, I'm being inconvenienced by being heartbroken at the same time. I'm sorry that you are now hurt. Like, I'm sorry that you fell for me and you, you have to go through all this shit. So I was, I was, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. So then I just sort of like, you just get the hook and then you write the song based on that. But it's just, most of those songs are just kind of like this, like, isn't love hard? You know, there's very little like, isn't love great? It's it's, right. it's a lot of like, isn't love hard kind of songs. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the imperturation, will I ever learn? I think the answer is right in there, you know? Like I learned to leave behind what is in mind, which I think is like, the lesson of every breakup at least, you know, and it, it also is like, gets back to the other thing about control and, and not, which is like, you learn to leave behind what isn't yours is up there with, I learned to leave behind the things I can't control. Right. And I learned to leave behind an image of myself, which is no longer accurate. Right. And so, yeah, you learn, you will learn, you do learn, you know, it's, it's not, that doesn't mean that it's fucking easy all the time, but whatever it is, 
you're always learning. You're always moving forward. You're always evolving. And of course you'll fucking learn. That's, that's like what, that's life. You're always learning. Well, the, you know, when, when someone says, will I ever learn? There's usually, it's not like, it's not the sort of like, I'm going to college. Will I ever learn? Right. It's more like, oh, I've made this mistake over and over and over again. Will I ever fucking learn? But that's actually what I like about, <laughs> like the song was a double entendre. And that is like, it yeah. is a double entendre, you know? So, it, you're, but when you asked it, was it coming from a, was it coming from that place of like, is there some sort of thing about you, whatever it is that, you know, we live with ourselves 24 seven. So I know there's some things that I'm just like, boy, if I could, if I, if I could put fast forward on the learning process on this one, I would love, cause I know eventually, like eventually I'm going to stop being, I just want to rewind. <laughs> and eventually I'm going to stop being this particular flavor of crazy. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember when I was in my twenties and it was just like the, living in LA and being a young guy and head on a swivel all the time and feel like I, like a part of me was just like, I was just so horny all the time that, and there was, I remember just thinking people talk about getting old as a drag. I'm just like, there would be so, it's going to be so <laughs> great when I can actually just be in a conversation and be in that conversation. Right. And then at a certain, and at a certain point I got there and it wasn't, you know, I, it comes with a lot of loss and there's all these things that you don't know that just comes with that. It's not just like, Oh, I shift energies. It's like, no, you learn some hard lessons from <laughs> whatever it yeah. is. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, I guess I'm just kind of, so will I ever learn? Of course. I, I meant it. I mean, a lot of, one of the things I always lo- I like having two positions at the same time. Absolutely, and that's arguing exactly. with me. I think it's a. I think it's sort of advanced Judaism. Yeah, but you you yeah, can, it's very it's very kabbalistic actually. Yeah, it is. It is like you know he delivered us from Egypt, but he gave mm-hmm. us a pass. You know, couldn't get his shit together in the Holocaust, and you have to be of two minds in terms of that kind of you know monotheistic mm-hmm. monotheistic belief thing. And I just I always like you know having two entirely different positions. So when I wrote that, it, that was just, I was embarrassed to write it because it is, but it was like, I do mean it l- literally in both ways. I mean it literally and figuratively. Like, will I ever learn? W- it was originally going to be, will I ever get out of my own way? But I thought that was just too much. But I think that is, it's a, but that it idea. is the same idea called, will I ever, you know, I think it's because I keep saying, oh, yeah, will I ever learn? And then there is like a little like, yeah, well, am I ever like, what is my, what's my path? What's my process? How am I doing with this stuff? I know, you know, there's been a ton of growth in, in the important areas. So it's sort of a, like, again, it's sort of a stupid question. Like, of course you are. You fucking retard. You, you're doing great. You know, sorry to say retard. Cut that <laughs> no. out. Uh, you know, it's so. You know, we we can't see ourselves. Other people can see. You probably you've we've spent in the last week or so. We've had a few conversations. We've had we've hung out a few times. You've probably got some measure of who I am, and in some ways, it's probably highly inaccurate and based upon projection. But in some ways, it's pro- you probably clocked me coming a mile away in ways that I will never get myself. Right, <laughs> and vice versa probably vice versa. There's ways that I look at you and it's all projection. And probably there's some thing like the part of you that 
maybe you might talk about the part that need you need to get out of the way or whatever that is. I saw you, and I when I saw you first, I recognized, oh, I like this guy. Right. So it comes from a place of liking. You can clock someone and like, oh, I like that. And you know, if I was gonna like from the hip psychologize. You have a quality that a lot of the artists that I love have, which is that you judge the world incredibly harshly because you judge yourself incredibly yeah. harshly. And if there's anything that's frustrating about being around you, it's hearing you like do something or say something great and then undercut it as if it wasn't a really insightful, wonderful thing to say or play a beautiful song and then undercut it and say, oh, it's all the and it's something that we all do, but, and so, and, oh, and like, and where it connects to I the think, song. I think everybody who's been on the show has done it oh, as every, well, right? We all, uh, this is, the, I mean, I, it's an easy thing. It's, it's the like, way. we all, we all do this and it's, we all, we all have different flavors of doing it. And some of it is effective. I mean, obviously you wouldn't be where, this is an effective strategy for making you into, for honing you as an instrument to do the things you need to do sometimes to play with artists you don't like, or to do, you know, to make your own things sound great or whatever that is. Uh, but, and then I'm, I'm thinking about in the song about this idea, I'm sorry that you fell for me is it's almost like, like, again, this is my favorite song I heard tonight. So I'm not today. I'm not, so I'm not dissing the song, mm-hmm. but on a getting at, will I ever learn kind of level? It's almost like looking back instead of looking back with appreciation it's looking back with double regret. Right. Like, it's so Jewish. I love it. It's like, like it I'm sorry for me, but I'm also sorry for you. Yeah. And what? It, and that we're really a microcosm for the whole world. So yeah. I'm just sorry for everyone. That's so Jewish. <laughs> right? and, yeah. and but then and then the funny thing is, it's also it's couched. In this, like, very gentle, these pretty melodies. Well, yeah, because a beautiful and these nice song. And there's yeah. in the recording has all these like, lovely <laughs> harmonies on it. It's like, yeah, but that's a fucking miserably... Like, all these songs are like, there's... And again, it's that duality of two different positions. You write sad lyrics and put them to a really happy melody, and everyone goes, what the fuck's this song about anyway, you know? And there's... I mean, there's... I mean, it's not like all of our songs have to be enlightened hymns to our better selves i think that there's a great place for i think songs are a great place to put our regrets and our negative reactions yeah. to things with sort of like it can transform them and put them in some place that's what i do pretty much the only time i write now is when there's something that i can't handle like either i there's something happened to me that i that it may, has made right. me feel really un like un unpowerful, really weak. And like, I had, I have no control over it or there's something I want to express to someone who I, there's never, I can't, there's no other way to express it for them. And I, even this isn't, but I can use this and then, Oh, okay. Now I can at least recontextualize it so that now I can sing it over and over again. At least I get to deliver the message in my song to them in my mind or whatever. So I, my point is I think there's a place for this. And I think, again, I think it's a beautiful song, but just relating, like if you hadn't written the song and you just asked the question, you got that as your answer. I'd be like, you know, maybe you should try and have some more appreciation (laughs) for yourself, for the, for your own path, not just for her, but for your own path to get here. When you were talking about, you know, like the, what what drives people to write, which is, it, it's like, for me, it's like a venue for unfinished business. You know, like I don't ever, I listen to some songs that have a real exclamation point, especially mm-hmm. like, 
I remember those. I remember those some Fishbone song. Here comes the criticism again. He's good. I love your critical mind. So I'm just no, 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 no. It's not even that. It's 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 that. It's more an explanation than a criticism, but it's like what, there are some people that they have a song and they're fucking belting out this finished, complete idea, yeah. like living on a prayer. Yeah. Like it's fucking highway to hell. Like that's, there's no fucking ambiguity. <laughs> yeah. And that, and for me, it's like, well, I don't write about songs that I'm certain about because what's the fucking, if it, the idea is done, there's the song, you know, for me, it's like I, I have unfinished, it's an yeah. I have unfinished business and pretty much every song, I didn't even realize it until I did this, is like every song is unfinished business, you know, and that's why I write, you know, not to finish it, mm-hmm. but to be with the unfinished business and you make a piece of art that expresses that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that, yeah, that's definitely there. Yeah. And of course, and, and so just bring it back to the answer, just fine. I mean, yes, of course, we'll always learn. Yeah. And... You have just spent, I mean, I think I told you this, but maybe I didn't. I mean, this, obviously, this is a show, it's entertainment, what we're doing here. But it's also, you just, we just, you just finished a four-hour sort of gestalt therapy session that is highly focused on you. And now that it's recorded, you know, when this comes out in late July, you pro- there will be things that you will have learned between now and then, and when you listen to it, it's going to mean something different. And yeah. as each of these people who asked questions, as their your relationship or they evolve in the world, you know, you'll. They, without, I guess my point is, we are all. Not only will we have, will I ever learn, but will, but we will definitely learn something about what we've done today going forward. The, we we close the doors on these. We don't know what's going on out in the outside world. Something could have been going on right now that relates to all of this, and we don't know it. So. That is, that's part of the fun of this show and this format is that we're going to, we're about to be done, but it's, it really, it's only, this is only the first third of the show. Yeah. The second third is between now and when it comes out right. and it coming out and all that time. And then the third third is everything after and how as years go by, these things change when pause is 20 years old and we listen to this episode, it's going to have a different meaning. Yeah. Right. So, anyway, I, I really appreciate your inviting me into this, into your song I, shack. Likewise, this was, uh, this is really something. I didn't, I didn't know what it, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. This is, this is what I remember when we did the first XDC night, we did it at Molly Malone's. And I remember at the end of it, it was like, I felt like I'd just gotten married, you know? It was, just, <laughs> it was so like, <laughs> And this is this is similar, you know. It's like, it's it's a it's a funny little spotlight, you know. Yeah. That, you know, it's playing live. It's funny because playing live is the the edifice or artifice, whatever that word is. You you hide behind the the sh- the thing, the spiel, and the. And then, and records, you know, you're removed from them because there's so much trickery and there is no trickery in any of this. It's so, it's like intimate and, and terrifying. And, uh, I, you know, I just hope I did okay. <laughs> oh, you did great. And you, your friends were, were yeah. so, were, were so cool and yeah. thoughtful. And, um, I, 
<laughs> Fans of the TV show Private Practice have had a yeah. heck of a month on Radio 8 Ball. Is we that... had Kate Walsh oh, two, one, two weeks ago. She's also through, a or whatever, a month or so ago. Yeah. And uh, now we have Paul Adelstein. Who else Who else from will be joining us from Shondaland? Why don't we get, we'll get a, is it Tay Diggs? Is that his name? Oh, I, yeah. Well, you know, Joe used to play with Adina, who was married to him. Well, see, okay. You know what? It's funny when uh, Paul was in here. We were—he was saying you were saying I don't really watch your stuff, and he's like, "Well, you're not really the demo for it." And right. I'm like, "I've watched every episode of Private <laughs> Practice." Let me tell you, those shows came out. It's funny. Right after my, I got divorced, and I was, and after those shows came out, I was just like, "There, talk about you know whatever those sound cues. What do you call those cues? The." The cues that, uh, Oh, the tension cues. Tension cues. Whatever they do, those shows are designed to make you cry. Oh, yeah. And I just needed to, like, sit. I needed to be able to, like... And also, they're dumb enough that you don't have to pay attention. I do a lot of multitasking. Right. So I could just put it on and just leave it on. And it was streaming on whatever streaming network. Yeah. So it would just keep playing. And I remember just, like, I would... Be working and working, and about every hour there would be like a little cue and be like, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> and I loved. I, I was actually just thinking about it too. I was thinking. I remember when his character, his character showed up, and I was just like, "I, I really, I like that guy." Yep. And then immediately I thought, "I hate that guy." Was he? <laughs> you know, because you know, because I'm a jealous actor and oh, I'm right. yeah, sitting sure. in Olympia, and my at the time my life is shit yep. and nothing's going on. Yep. Um, and how dare he how dare be likable? Uh, yeah. But uh, but no. So anyway, point is, your your friends are great, and yeah. I, I I had a great time, and this whole thing came together in such a weird way, and you just flowed with it. We just flowed with it really easily and nicely, and uh, and your family are just gorgeous, wonderful, wonderful people, and they are just wonderful. I won't tell you where the house is, but it's no. really cool. <laughs> it's nice, and I love that. I'll say this: you're close to Occidental. College, Occidental uh, University. Close to Occidental College, yeah. And I always like that because we, what we do here is accidental. I'm always like, yes. it's accidental magic. So yes. I like being near the axa-oxa, the, uh, the axis of oxus. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, so yeah, so it's just, it's been a joy and I've had a blast hanging out with you and, uh, let me just do a quick little, I don't, there's not a lot of business to do for, you know, because some of the thank yous I used to do, I don't Uh, really have to anymore. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah, I would, uh, I don't, uh, well, you want to cut that (laughs) up? No, 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 no. You know what? You know what? It's funny. Uh, uh, so I will say this. So recently, as this was all going on, usually I I am I don't like I like to de my whole thing is I want to de-escalate art. I want to escalate it. Conflict. I'm always like, how can we de-escalate this right. situation? No one's going to act well if our nervous systems are in just reactionary fight or flight mode. And so, in general, if someone says fuck them or whatever, I'm always like, eh, come on. But I was in it and. These uh, the people we're talking about, and we're just gonna whatever, just not say anything. But you know, if you've listened, you know what we're talking about. And uh, and if you don't, then you something's happened to you, and you know what we're talking about in your own life. And but I was just in it, and these people turned up the not, they did something extra shitty, and I just called up the the woman who's the backer of the show, and I was telling her about it, and she just and she just was like, "Fuck them," and I I was like. It felt so good to have someone be angry on my behalf because I felt like I couldn't afford to be angry. I had to be acting, I had to be cool and acting above my, whatever, my impulses. But to have someone next to you be like, fuck them, 
it felt good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so thank you. What I do for saying fuck them. Oh yeah, and uh, and and so anyway, fuck them, love them, and move on. Just want to say thank you to all of you who continue to listen to this show and follow along this adventure. Even if you aren't currently when we're making it, one of the people who's listening to this show. When you eventually find us and get to this point, I I hope I well. First of all. If you've been following along the show, then maybe something similar has been going on in your life. And, you know, fuck them with love to whoever is fucking with you. And I'm glad we were able to share these synchronistic moments. And I hope that we provided something useful and entertaining for you. And, of course, you know, all the business of please like and subscribe and share and do all the things that you that you're inspired to do if you're inspired to do them and so thanks a lot you also uh check out our cool radioate ball t-shirts you can get them on at the radioate ball page radioateball.com and check out zach schaefer's stuff in the links that i'm providing with the podcast and zach once again thank you so much for having me in your space thank you for coming Great. Well, until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. Bye.